1: I think it's great that you have like the courage to do this. She's like, I didn't find the courage to do this until just now. And I think that's one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself is like the opportunity to pursue something that you want to do.
0: Welcome back to Open Late, a Soulfire production. I am your host, Jessica Sfandiari, And last week I teased you a little bit. I had the girls here from the Double Team podcast, Kami and Nikki, and we had so much fun and we chatted for such a long while that I thought I should split the interview up into two. So if you caught last week's interview all about kink, I'm sure you are ready for what we dive into more of today, which is polyamory and relationship dynamics as they can be such a wide spectrum when it comes to open relationships, and more sums. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed having the girls here. Here is the rest of my interview with Cammie and Nikki from Double Teams. I want to chat a little bit about polyamory. Sure. Because Nikki, you're actually married. Mm -hmm. And so how does that play into your dynamic, um, if you want to share a little bit about like what your husband enjoys and where he fits into this whole world of kink with you.
1: So, I mean, that's actually one of the nice things about like being non-monogamous is that like he's super vanilla. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'll tell him, you know, about like the things that I explore with my doms and whatnot. And he'll be like, so happy for me. And he'll be like, love that you got to explore that. But for him, he'd be like, it's not for me. And I'm like, it's totally fine. But yeah, we've been together nine years, married, married, six, almost seven. And then we've been non-monogamous for about four and a half years. It basically just kind of started out as like, we were both traveling a lot. And just when we were away, we wanted to, you know, be able to like have some fun if we wanted to. Took a little bit of a COVID break. I think everyone did. Yeah. He was home all the time. So we were just banging each other. (laughs) Uh, But then we reopened, um, you know, I would say last year, early on in the year, and that's kind of like when I started exploring my kinky side a little bit more and I met my doms and everything. And so it was nice to be able to like explore something that I knew he wasn't into and like still have that. And like he really did support me or like he still you know does support me in it, but he loved hearing all the stories when I'd come home and tell him and everything. So um, that was like a really nice kind of, you know, a showcase of like what non-monogamy can be, because, you know, if something's not for someone, like don't force it. Like I didn't want him mm-hmm. to you know, every once in a while, like he kind of try a little bit of something here and there, but it just really wasn't him. And so, you know, I just appreciated that he still supported me in exploring it on my own. And, yeah. yeah. That's kind of how we go about it. That's the beauty of, you know, polyamory yeah. is like, I'm such
0: a huge, um, you know, I mean, obviously I don't think polyamory is for everybody. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't call myself like an advocate for it, but I don't believe that you should be trying to get your needs met from one person. I agree. Because like, even if it's possible, like if you meet this person and they can like fulfill all your needs over time, that is so much pressure and becomes exhausting for both partners. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, you know, use all parts of yourself and like express yourself in all of these different ways with different relationships can be so fulfilling and then you come back to your partner Mm -hmm. like in such a full place that you have so much to give yeah in your you know in your primary partnership or your marriage or whatever that is so yeah I I just recorded an episode um called uh the danger of the one and it's all about like how that happens where we put all so much pressure and so much you know of our time and energy and, and attention into one person thinking that that's like going to make things great or better. Mm-hmm. And it actually a lot of times can be like the downfall of a relationship.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. And I mm-hmm. mean I like at least for me, I like that that's what you titled that episode. And I've always had this like the mindset, even like when I first met my husband, like when I met him, I was like, okay, we're gonna get married one day. Mm-hmm. And we did. Um but I just remember like even then I was like, I don't, he's not gonna like fulfill everything for me. There are things that I need to fulfill for myself. You know, I think people forget that too. Like you can make yourself happy. Like don't put all of that on your partner. And then, yeah, you can have friendships and other partnerships that also fulfill you. I just, I I remember even from a young age, always looking at relationships. I think this comes from like watching mom and dad's marriage. Maybe they put so much pressure on each other to always like, you know, if they're not doing something, you know, the way that I want them to, that doesn't make me happy. And then I remember looking at that and I was like, well, you can't put all your happiness in someone else's hands. You're never going to be happy if that's the case. Mm -hmm. See, I feel like we learned this a little differently. Really? A little bit, because I always put the pressure on myself, especially in college. I, you know, I went into college. I had just gotten out of a relationship. Um, Nikki met her husband and all my friends were getting married. And all of a sudden Mm. I was putting pressure on me. Mm. I was like, oh my God, I need to find the one. I need to find the guy that's going to make me happy forever and ever and ever. I need to find this person. They're going to fulfill this, this, and this. And it never, it took me so long to realize that that high expectation was just sabotaging everything for me. Mm. And I, I mean, I found a great partner. We were together for four years. And then as soon as I accepted, ended up, the reason we broke up was because I, I wanted to move here. Um, turns out he didn't. And then he cheated on me. Mm. Uh, I forgave him. And then we tried to make it work and it didn't. Um, but as soon as I let it go and I, I looked back and I was like, was that, was marriage really what I wanted right then and there? Was I just trying to fulfill something from my past that I had put so much pressure on Mm -hmm. myself for? So as soon as that happened and I really started to like restructure the way I looked at relationships, the way I looked at the relationship with myself, that's when I was like, I need to, there's so much work to be done here. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I started therapy. Yes. Good for you. Thank you. Um, but Also, I mean, just starting the podcast with Nikki and, you know, being an ally of the poly crowd and, you know, beginning to see how I define relationships for myself. I think I've, I've come to the realization that I would like to have a partner where we eventually reach sexual Mm non-monogamy. I like the emotional intimacy with one person romantically, generally because I have a great relationship with someone else that's, you know, non-romantic I, you know, they're like my soulmate. I also have another best friend who I, I get a lot of emotional love and what I need fulfilled by them, mm-hmm. you know, that I want my romantic partner. Also the emotional monogamy, but when it comes to like sexual stuff and opening ourselves up to like allowing other people to Um, you know, play and make friendships with. I think I do. I do want that at one point. I haven't found that yet, but I will. Cool. Well, I want that for you too. Cause it's amazing. (laughs)
0: Um, So you mentioned earlier, and I'm like really glad that we got back to this point because you said like right now I'm focusing on my relationship with myself. What does that mean to you? What does it look like? Because I think so many people listening are like know that that's really where the work is, but they don't know what to do a lot of times. And it looks different for everybody, but like, what's your process?
1: Like, are you like dating yourself? Um, funny you say that because I actually, there's this one influencer I've been following and she actually just started dating herself. And I've seen her post about this so much and I just kind of feel called to do that. Mm. Um, but for me, I didn't really give myself a uh, time to heal correctly from the time I transitioned from being engaged to breaking up to having my hoe phase 2.0, which I very much enjoy. <laughs> Ho phase 2.0. I yes. love that. To trying to get back into another relationship. Mm-hmm. I, you know, There was a point where I looked back and I was like, wow, I really messed that up. Um, But that's okay. Um, One thing that I really learned last year was I was finally able to start looking at things and patterns, realizing them, and then, you know, beginning the work. Now, of course, that's not a perfect picture every time. Um, You know, it takes a lot of trial and error. But I think with working on myself, I've, I've become way more like into my you know, astrological journey and my spiritual journey, um, which has actually like taken once I kind of let go of what was it like institutionalized religion. Mm-hmm. Um, once I did that, my panic attacks actually went away. Wow. Um, funny enough. And then just as soon as I started embracing more of my spirituality, that's when I was like, OK, well, um, you journal a lot more. too. Yes. Now. That's when I started other practices for one journaling. I started um, you know writing down my manifestations writing down my feelings writing down gratitude, you know class. gratitude yeah. what I wanted to accomplish in this amount of time um, And I would always like try to correlate it with like, you know, what's going on with the planets um, Recently, I also began, you know meditating every morning. Yes. So I wake up I you know take care of my fur babies and then I make a cup of coffee and I start my meditation um, I usually try to finish my coffee before meditating.
0: You but... finish your coffee before <laughs> meditating? That's like.
1: Well, because I, 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 I love it. You're like, let me get this caffeine so I can get super zen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, <laughs> well, okay. Let, I tried to do mine the opposite, but I like, I, let, I, let me hear this out. <laughs> I like to chug a full thing of water and then have my coffee. And then I'm like, okay, ready to meditate. But I think for me, healing was or has begun with realizing what I like to do um, for myself throughout the day.
0: Mm.
1: And I, I know I like to journal. I know I like to meditate. Um, I know I like to work out and walk my dogs. It's like, you know, it's getting into your own routine. It's, you know, take an audit of the things that you've done day to day and be like, okay, well, what's not working and what is, mm-hmm. like I said, it's not a perfect picture. I, have you know, we all have our yeah. days, but I, I really do feel like, now I'm to the point where I realize I need to be single. I need to be single. I need to work on myself. There are things that I want to fix, and then I'm going to be ready for a relationship.
0: Mm. So
1: yeah, and I think everybody has to do that. At one point, you really have to sit down with yourself and think about what you want for you, what you want that picture to look like. We have a new moon. We so do. It's like yeah. in Aquarius. It's Aquarius season. Y'all. So it's, you know, you really you really have to start, you know, thinking about and that's, you know, that's one of the things we talk about, like, especially with Nikki and her non monogamous journey. And one of the things that we champion for is really sit down with yourself and realize how you want things in your life to look for yourself. And how you're going to find that? So, despite what society says, despite what society says, like if like you're right, monogamy or non-monogamy doesn't have to be for everyone. But like, make sure you make that decision for yourself. Yeah, not just because like society tells you like you should marry one person and that's it. Like, fuck what they say. Like, yeah, figure it out. I spent so long thinking I had to find this one person to fulfill everything for me because society was just like, oh, you want a wedding ring by Mm -hmm. spring? You want that picket, you know, four poster whatever you know, yeah, house. we get sold the dream. Exactly. And it's not it's Not everyone's dream. And it's yeah. like, no. And mm-hmm. after ending my engagement, I was like, I don't think I, I don't know if I ever want to like, actually like marry, marry someone. Like, I would love to have like a, like a nice little ceremony, mm-hmm. but I don't think I have to define it with legal documents. Yeah. yeah. Don't bring right. government into it. So I don't yeah. know. I, I, I think it it. it I've really started my journey of self-healing this past, I don't know, I want to say maybe like six to eight months. It's incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I thank you so much for sharing that because, yeah, it's important to know yourself on such a deep level that you can have those awarenesses. And, you know, like we're talking about fulfilling yourself first. And I think that putting yourself first is the most important thing you could do to actually prepare for a solid, like fulfilling partnership with anyone else. Um, And yeah, you're very insightful too. I just love that you're like, I want to figure out what I want my day to even look like and become aware of my feelings so that I can be processing and then I'll worry about somebody else. Um,
1: And it helps with kink, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like we know one of the switches that we interviewed, she collared herself. Mm. So she had her own journey with herself, in which, you know, she defined what kink meant for her, and she collared herself.
0: Okay, can you explain collaring a little bit for people who don't know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, collaring means something different to everyone, I would say, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of times, a dominant, if it gets to this level of the relationship, like a dominant will collar a submissive. For example, my two doms, he or she wears a collar every day that he um, placed on her. And so obviously like the collar can come off. Like they look a variety of ways. Sometimes it's like a very simple um, metal ring. Hers is like um, a really cute pink leather. I love, like her collar. Yeah, so with much. like a gold hook on it. Mm. Uh, they all look different and they can all mean different things to everyone. But basically it's kind of like, some people look at it as like kinky engagement. It's like a commitment. You know, like instead of a ring on your finger, you've got a collar around your neck. It's kinky, right? Yeah. And love so, <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of like a level of commitment that like your your dominant has like ownership of you. And so, and usually there's, it's very like ritualistic, like when it can come off, like when it goes back on, you know, the, the processes of like, you know, like when you're wearing a leash, you know, protocol and all that stuff. So it's just, it's just a way to define that commitment between a dominant and a submissive. uh, And it's very endearing for, for our vanilla people. Just know that a collar is a, is, it's an honor. It is, yeah. I would like. I would love to be able to, like, give someone the, the ability to collar me. Like, not only like to give that to someone would be a big deal for me, but like it would also be a big deal, um, like on the receiving end of like someone Mm. wanting to collar me as well. Um, I want my future partner to collar me. Like, I really hope. Are I, I manifest for myself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ready to call her. Right <laughs> She's here waiting. Um, yep. No, I love I'm, This has been such a great conversation. I have one more kind of topic that I want to cover before we wrap up. Um, because we talked a little bit about like, screw what society says, do what makes you happy. And for some people listening, they're like, well, that's a lot easier said than done. Because like, my parents want this for me and they'll freak uh-huh. out if I want something different. So, do your, cause you talked about your mom, like reading 50 shades of gray. So how do your families fit into all this? Because people ask me all the time, Oh my God, does your whole family must know now that you have this podcast and mm-hmm. I had to come out to my parents, you know, about being, you know, bisexual and, you know, also now identifying more as queer and then like being polyamorous and they've met like my girlfriend, Lauren. So do your parents know, I mean, obviously you have this podcast. What's that been like?
1: They, yeah, we wanted to, when we started the podcast, I was like, okay, it's probably time to tell them about this. Cause we had been non-monogamous for about probably three and a half, almost four years at this point. Mm-hmm. So it was like very recent that we were like, okay, we started the podcast. I'm like, I should probably let them know yeah. um, <laughs> because and, the whole world's about to know. Yeah. <laughs> so, So... Um, I would say my mom was actually pretty accepting of it. My father was not. Um, we actually did like a whole episode on it, but it was it was showing them sides of me like that. They never knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long time I was definitely kind of like, you know, my my dad's a pilot. I got my pilot's license, you know, I followed a lot into like the footsteps of like the career that he did because he inspired that mm-hmm. for me. And I think for him, he's a very traditional person. So seeing you know, the the daughter that, you know, out of the five of us, I was the only one that got my pilot's license. So seeing the daughter that, you know, kind of followed in his footsteps all of a sudden turn to very non-traditional things, um, he kind of freaked out a little bit. And so that relationship is maybe on the mend. Um, but it was a hard thing to do. My mm. mom at least was very accepting and she was like, you know, I'm just happy that you're happy and you know, whatever fulfills you, like go that route. So very different reactions. And I think that's just what's going to happen. But I I understand all the time people want to make their parents happy. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. And it's not that I have a bad relationship with my parents, but I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I love them. I respect them, but they are human. They make their own mistakes and I'm also human and I'm not on this earth just to please them. Mm -hmm. So that that was a, a big thing for me and a big realization. And I think something that everyone has to keep in mind. Like, yes, they gave us life, but like we're not obligated to live that life for them and what they the you know, put ourselves in the box that they wanted us to go in. Yeah. So that's that's my take on it. I I don't know if they know that is so well said too, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) I called my mother the other day, very excited because I had um we had gotten a brand deal. Um you guys? We yeah, we had did. a. Yeah, it was a it was a one time uh, brand promote or product promotion with a brand. Um, was really fun. It Was vibrators. Yeah. Yes. Oh, congrats! And I got a ton Thank of free vibrators. Yeah. Like, mom, I got vibrators, and she was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I was like, "Do you want me to send you one?" She was like, "Actually, yeah." <gasps> and I was like, "I'll bring you one." So <laughs> nice. Yes. So that was a lovely conversation. I do have to say, I'm very appreciative of our mother for. I don't wanna say I don't think she's ever listened to the podcast. And I kind of hope she doesn't. I mm-hmm. told them not to listen to it because I mean I, I talk like, about all the don't. weird shit I'm into and I'm like, exactly. don't listen. I talk about my sex life. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, mom, just err on the side of aloof. Just yeah. know it's out ignorance there. is bliss. Just, yeah, yeah. Just support us. That's all I need.
0: Please, yeah. please
1: don't listen to it. That's really I don't good. need her to know that I call someone daddy. Um so yeah.
0: That's it. That's interesting because my mom does listen to my show and same. I was like, I don't know if I want them to like really tune in. But the cool thing is, and it sounds like in your case too, it's almost like opened her up and like brought you a little bit closer in this way of like, I have these vibrators, you know, and I'm going to bring you one. My mom never really talked to me about sex. And now every now and then she'll, Call and like comment on an episode, and then tell me something about herself, and I'm like, "Mom, I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, there like, you go." Yes, which is cool, you know. It almost like I'm like, "Oh my god do do I want her listening because she's gonna want to talk to me about her <laughs> sex life?" But I do. It's like we, you know, part of the reason that I love having a show that talks about sex is because it can destigmatize all of these things that we've mm-hmm. like put in this box of wrong, bad, and taboo, and it's like actually no. this is like how we have life on this planet yeah. so it's pretty sacred but also yeah. like let's
1: destigmatize. yeah all it can of be it fun. Yeah. yeah well it, it's also realizing like with your like with your parents and stuff it's like like nikki said they're human mm-hmm. they also have sex yeah they also masturbate yeah you don't want to think about that but it happens like <laughs> we all do it i also think like you know when it comes to like relationships with parents people really forget to do this all the time because we idolize our parents, right? We look at them, they're like, they gave us life. They're the people that we looked up to when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Like that was like our example of what, you know, adulthood should look like and what the, whatever that example looked yeah. like, that's how you think it's going to be. And like, they never really talked to us about sex. When they found out I started having sex, they weren't thrilled. And they like, So in in a way, I kind of thank them because my like defiance to them was like what really sparked a lot of like my journeys, like in my sexuality and, you know, like non-monogamy and everything. I was like, I looked at them and I'm like, I don't think this is how it should be. So Mm. not that they have like a bad marriage or anything, but like, or like that they were bad parents or great parents. But a lot of times the way they were like, this is how this is. I'm like, I'm going to question that. And then that's like what put me on those journeys. But I think everyone forgets like take your parents off that pedestal love them, appreciate them, you know, notice that they're human. They're going to have those flaws. And then once you leave their household, turn around and look at everything they fucked up and (laughs) and fix it for yourself. Like they're not there anymore to fix it. Like now you got to do it yourself.
0: Yeah. It's really your responsibility to, yeah. yeah, They did their best. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I love that. A lot of times, like our mom had us at eighteen. Yeah, she was, mm-hmm. a, yeah. She was very young, so she was still learning life along the way while yeah. she had two, you know, screaming little babies that looked a lot alike. <laughs> I don't know how she didn't mix us up, but I always commend her because she was so young. We've watched her blossom into this wonderful woman mm-hmm. who just inspires us in many ways. So, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Oh, just, that's so cool. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to your mom. <laughs> I love her already. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So let's wrap up with anything. I feel like there must be something that maybe we didn't cover that you feel like if someone's just wanting to dip their toes mm. into like kinkiness and we talked about the, what is it? The kink quiz. We're yeah, going to link like that in the show notes. notes. The BDSM yeah. quiz. BDSM yes. Test. yes. So we will link that in the show notes for you guys. I think that's an excellent place to start. I actually still haven't taken that, believe it or not, and oh like I've known about it forever. So I will and do I'll report back. I was yeah, gonna say, send us your results. Yeah, yeah, I will yeah. for sure. Um, Honestly, But like, what's what's another step or step two for somebody who's interested in getting kinky?
1: I would say if you if you're wanting to follow any kink influencers or kink podcasts, we do have some great recommendations,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and some of them are very good friends of ours, um, Miss night eyes so that's ms underscore night eyes she's um she's a great submissive slash uh now she's exploring her dom side so switch Mm -hmm. um we interviewed her on our podcast the funny dom which unfortunately his original page was deleted Oh. So, um, he, yeah, he IG is being really weird right now mm-hmm. with the king community.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I know you can't even like hashtag masturbate, yeah, and then you get like yeah. banned.
1: Yeah, so he his new handle is the funny dom2. Okay, um, there's coach Emily, is a good one. There's um, um ask a sub. Ask a sub. Yes. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a huge one. Venus Cuffs. I really like. Um, If you like to follow Kinky Art, uh, Kinky Carrot. We actually oh. had her commission a piece for us. She cool. Does great work. Highly um, recommend that one. Ariel 80s. And she's Argentine like us. Um, and then the male submissive. I really like his account got deleted as well. Yes. So he's got a new one, but it's the dot male, male underscore submissive. submissive he's got great content too. And we just did an interview with him which is very fun oh you know? great and it's great to have a male submissive point you mm-hmm. actually you don't see that a lot and mm-hmm. he does it in a very just endearing nurturing way that i absolutely love mm. um so there's a lot of accounts out there we try to we try to look for as many as we can and follow the ones that you know Resonate with us that mm-hmm. we like their work. We like Yeah, their, so if you yeah. if you go through our follow list, you'll you'll see a lot of kinky accounts. Cool, they're yeah. all worth following for sure. And we've done episodes with them too, so like those are always a good listen. Uh, those are some of my favorite episodes. Yeah, the kink mm-hmm. community is just very open. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, influencers I would say definitely because that can kind of like it's just nice to see people that also like what you like. Mm-hmm. You know that they're into it, and so then you don't feel as weird for you know liking. Getting hit across the face during sex, you know? yeah. So influencers definitely, and I say like, you know, just I always champion for like putting yourself in those situations. Like, I know it, it takes a lot of vulnerability, it takes a lot of courage to do those kind of things. But like, I remember the first sex, like the first sex party that I went to, um, in LA that was like hosted by like a a more you know kind of kinky club mm-hmm. kind of thing. It was actually where I met my doms, but I was supposed to go with my girlfriend that night and she couldn't go because it was ended up being her sister's birthday. So I was so I went by myself. And I remember before I went, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm nervous. Like, I just, you know, I don't know anyone there. Um, and and then I was like, wait, I'm like, I don't know anyone there. <laughs> like, no one's there to judge like what I'm doing. Like, I have total freedom. I could go do be whatever I want. So I went that night and that's actually where I met my two doms. Um, they were working that event and I walked into the room and, you know, they had the St. Andrew's cross that they tied me to and like introduced me to Shabari and all that. And like that really opened up like a huge part of my kink journey. So like put yourself in those kind of situations, you know, safe environments that, you know, you feel like you can, it is going to take some courage to get there, Mm -hmm. but like still a good place to just like get started. So I love what that one lady told you that first night that you went. And, um, I remember I sat down and she was like, are you here with anyone? I'm like, no, I'm by myself. She was like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 27. Um, I think she was like in her fifties or whatever, which she looked gorgeous. I couldn't even tell she was in her fifties, but anyways, um, she was like, I can't believe you're doing this at your age. And I was like, I don't know when I'm supposed to like start or like whatever. She was like, she was like, I think it's great that you have like the courage to do this. She's like, I didn't find the courage to do this until just now. She was like, so the sooner that you get started, the better. Wow. Yeah. And so so ha- for that, I would say, just like Nikki was saying, have the courage to just put, put yourself, yourself out there. In, yeah. yeah. Put yeah. yourself out there. Get in those situations safely. safely. Of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, really explore it for yourself and get to know. And I think that's one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself is like the opportunity to pursue something that you want to do. Yes. Like, I, mean, you know, like with the podcast, for example, for, you know, when someone first suggested, I was like, why would I do that? And then after a while, I'm like, why shouldn't I do that? Right. Yeah. Putting yourself
0: out there is really putting yourself first.
1: Mm-hmm. One, of my, yeah. one of my, one of my, I guess mantras for my healing journey right now is just to be fearless. Mm-hmm. I love so, that. I'm happy to hear Kimmy's on this journey because I've been waiting for her to <laughs> to get on. You're this. Like, let's go, girl. Because <laughs> I, I started that a long time ago, and so like I want her to to get to that same space because like it it took me a lot to get to the point where like. I'll put myself in these situations and I'll just like give everything a try and just like see what I like and don't like. And it's, you know, so far, you know, I've put good energy into it and it's like really worked out for me in my favor. And I think Cami has had a lot of fear in the past. And so like now seeing her be more like fearless with it is really rewarding for I me I have too. a great role model. Aww. You <laughs> it's guys Aww. Are so cute. Well, it's always funny because I'm the older one,
0: but by how many uh, minutes? 10, ten minutes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: But I always say Nikki's the more evolved one. She's like the parent out of the two. Mm. No, it's so funny because we were recording with a friend the other day and then we were sitting down and having dinner. And I don't know how we got on the topic of kids. And Nikki was like, yeah, I don't know if I ever, you know, want a child of my own. And he was like, you already have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And I just laughed because <laughs> I mean, its I don't want to say it's like true, but it, it, it's funny because we have sort of a dynamic like that sometimes, but yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think it's beautiful and you know, it's it for those of you listening, I don't know if you caught it, but you know, you said that you had like this other soulmate, you yeah. know, in your sister. And I think that the fact that you guys are so open about your journeys with each other and mm-hmm. now sharing that with the world, you're an amazing resource for young women Thank everywhere you. to really own their sexuality, step into their, you know womanhood in a powerful mm-hmm. way. And I just love everything that you guys are up to. Thank so you. tell us where we can find you and the
1: podcast. So it is at double teamed Podcast mm-hmm. on TikTok and IG on Twitter. It's at double Teamed pod. I don't know why we couldn't do at double Teamed podcast on Twitter, but we couldn't. I think it was just too long wasn't yeah i don't think you can do the full like that long the handle on twitter but on reddit it's also double teamed pod and then obviously double teamed podcast with kami and nikki you can find it pretty much anywhere you can go for um podcasts so but the main one's obviously apple spotify all that good stuff yeah Yeah, that's where you can find us.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you ladies for coming. That is a wrap,
1: folks. And it
0: was so much fun. As always, I have the best guests coming on this show. If you are interested or you know someone who you think would be an incredible guest and you'd like to recommend them, don't hesitate to reach out. And as always, if you love, love, love the show, let us know on Apple, iTunes, on Spotify, or on our YouTube channel. Leaving us a review helps more people find this content intense and become a part of our community. Have an amazing
1: day. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate.